He's been here for nearly twenty minutes now, sitting across from her on the edge of his seat, his forearms resting on her desk, his hands folded before him, the right hand covering the left, the left a fist that he occasionally taps ever so lightly upon the gray steel to give his voice emphasis. His voice is southern, slow, but with a rising quality that makes her feel it's being rushed from behind, that something is pushing him to get the story told faster, to get it finished. Perhaps it is only her slow, habitual glances at the clock on the edge of her desk, or the quick sounds of the typewriters outside her office. But his voice will not be rushed, and his face, that light, open, seemingly featureless face that only very blonde people can have, very blonde people with pale skin and colorless lashes, remains unchanged. He seemed to look different each time we saw him, he tells her, reciting. Not a difference in weight or dress or disposition. Not even the difference that can come over someone at different seasons. But a true, somehow internal difference. At times, he would look kind. God, so kind it made you want to kneel, filled you with an optimism, a joy that was almost religious. At other times, he would look fierce, savage, so that you knew if he were to touch you, as we'd seen him touch his wife, who was only one of his wives, and a shop girl, and even a dog at these times, there would be no humanity in it, no connection of blood and living skin, no recognition. Just weight and direction, the blade of the tractor meeting dry earth. He speaks slowly, carefully, and his voice, like his small blue eyes, seems to search the air, the pale sunlight coming from the window behind her, as if some response should be found there. One summer, we saw him in town. He was driving a gray Mercedes with Montana plates, and it was the first any of us had seen of him for nearly a year and a half. He pulled up in that car that was like a flash of black water thrown onto the dry, dusty street, stepped out, and then stood there, seeing no one, but waiting, as if for our vision to clear. He seemed thinner, even taller than we'd remembered him, and he wore white duck trousers and a loose white shirt. He was tan, and his hair had begun to turn gray. He walked slowly into the liquor store, all of us watching him and him knowing we were watching, came out with a bottle, got back into his car and drove out to his home that as far as any of us knew, he hadn't seen in the past year and a half. And all of us, despite what we'd been saying when we saw his wife, who was really only one of his wives, moving through us like a whipped dog, despite the pity we'd been giving her, the puzzled shame we thought we'd seen her wearing despite that. Any one of us, man, woman, and child, would have sold his soul to have been there in that darkened house on the Fainsburg Road that night, to have been there, waiting to receive him. Like a medium, he searches the air as he speaks, and although she sat at this desk in this white office and has listened to the drone of countless other voices, countless other stories, do you have a story to tell? Have you ever told yourself, I should write a book? Vista Books seeks new authors with manuscripts of all types. She has been, in these past twenty minutes, 
intrigued, interested, verging on belief. And the other women, his other wives, whom we could only guess about, only imagine as we waited for him to return to our town again, those women became as real to us as the women who we knew to be his wives, and we always imagined them crying. Crying in different rooms, in different cities, on different days of the week. One, we would say, is fat, with curly hair, and she cries in her kitchen and wipes her eyes with a gingham apron, a small whimper always at her throat. Another is thin, sharp-nosed. She places long, bony fingers over her face and cries sitting on the edge of a cream-colored couch in a darkening living room.